Welcome to C3 Church Tabra. You're about to hear a message from our senior pastor, Phil Oldfield. Get ready to be inspired to live your best life. This message is called Jesus, Our Shield and Our Anointing. Uh, I had another message, and I'm trying to preach this message about um, the keys. Uh, I think it's uh, the secret to a breakthrough. It's a short message, but I thought it was powerful. I thought I was going to bring it this morning. But this message is actually different because the Lord apprehended me in the spirit as I was in prayer this week. And uh, so I've nutted it out. And uh, look, I'll try and do it the best I can. Amen. And, uh, and I pray that the truth would make you shine like a daffodil, including Doug and Matt. Evan already is. He's, he's, I don't know what he's on, but he's, 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 he's bright as a button at, at 4 o'clock, 5 o'clock in the morning. I don't know how you're going to handle that, Jess, because my family... They're not like that, I don't think. Well, like Jesse is a bit. Um, uh, Julie is a bit. Who am I talking about? I don't know. It must be myself. <laughs> but Evan is like, let's go surfing. Let's do this. Let's do that. God spoke to me. Well, hang on, hang on. Let, let me just have my Wheaties first. Hang on. <laughs> I love people like that. Not. <laughs> In the morning, not. <laughs> By about eight or nine, it's cool. I can welcome them into my world. <laughs> I don't care who they are. It could be Phil Pringle or anyone. Like, oh, what, what? <laughs> He's another early riser. Four o'clock in the morning, does a beach walk. Always puts his photo up on Instagram of the sun just breaking through the sun, the dawn of a new day. And always has a great word and... Uh, uh, and then he's, he's in the Philippines, he's, he's in London, he's, he's all over the world, but he, he's on something too, I don't know what it is, it must be more of God than me. You can do this, you can live a life exploring the brave new world of being anointed and being a born-again believer. I'm going to prove that this morning. The prophetic word that is uh, coming to the church in order for you to get the rest of the way, in order for the entire body of Christ to get the rest of the way, everyone must be clothed with my ability, my virtue, my power, and my anointing. So the anointing is that, is that enablement, that empowerment that you can have at a cost. Everything has a cost, like a car, uh, a boat, a yacht, um, and, and, you know, it, it costs something. And, and I believe it costs something of salvation, the cross. For our salvation, it costs. That's why, really, we should be able to step into church and worship the living God. Come on, we've got to lift our hands, man. We've got to be able to clap. We've got to get some praise on and, and worship this mighty mighty cost of our Savior going to the cross 2,000 years ago. Everything has a cost. 
You know, and, and, and there's costing differences. Like a Toyota uh, is different than a Mercedes. You know, the Mercedes is, is more rare. The brand is, is exclusive. And, and I, I think, for me, that there is, there is a cost for the anointing. I have to say that. That you can live, you can drive a drab car of, I'm talking spiritual terms now, you can drive, you can drive your old jalopy Christian life around. I'm thinking about that orange 180B Datsun, that there's so many, oh, everyone wants one now. But they were just a certain car that everyone, when you first got your license, you'd end up with, Frank, amen? An orange Datsun 180B. Seemingly, there was miles of these things, and they were ended up, a lot of us young folk drove them in the 70s and 80s. And, uh, but I believe God wants you to have you, you know, something much more than that. Take your pick, Porsche, Mercedes, Jaguar. I mean, but it costs. It costs you to get that. And it costs you to, to get the anointing, I believe. It really does. It costs you to get the anointing. It's the same in the spiritual arena. This scripture says, Luke 12, 48, it says, For unto whosoever much is given of him shall much be required. There is a cost on the anointing. It does come from uh, respecting God revering God, honoring God, and with faith expressed, faith energized, trusting and believing and cleaving to the living God. And then somehow in that personal, intimate relationship that you have with God, you are anointed. Because a distant relationship, which could almost be religion, that's why we have a propensity to like religion. Religion can be sometimes a buffering point between us and our mighty God, our wonderful Savior, in fact. But this spirit-filled church, which is growing all over the world, is basically saying to the people of God, it's between you and Him. I won't be standing there on the day of judgment. It's appointed under man to die once, once only, and then the judgment. I won't be there. But Pastor Phil said, and I listened to a lot of sermons from Pastor Phil, and I gave generously, and, and no, it'll be just you. I can't vouch for you. I can't do that. It's between you and, and your Lord. Amen? And, and, and when you understand that, then by being brutally honest, and then seemingly that relationship, God then anoints you. And you become, you, you, you just get this whole shining thing happen. Philippians 1.6 says, being confident of this, that he who began a good work in you will carry it on to completion. I want to just say that over someone right now who's just pulled up short maybe. You don't feel the anointing. You don't feel the anointing. You don't feel like you can even achieve to be anointed, to feel anointed. But I, I'm telling you, you can. You can. And this message, I'll... I'll preempt the message by saying this, it's okay to go for, through healing, it's, go, it's okay to go through some stuff, but don't 
Don't let your faith go in Jesus. And I want to make a point about this, that there is a shield of faith that you need to constantly lift up against the fiery darts of the enemy. Never lay your shield down. Philippians 1, 6, being confident of this, that he who began a good work and you will carry it on to completion under the day, until the day of Christ Jesus. And I love what Apostle Paul says. Uh, 1 Thessalonians 5, 24. So jot these scriptures down, take note. Faithful is he that calleth you, who also will do it. He, he wants to so much beautify you, heal you, and bless you with the anointing. He wants to. He says he can and he will. But are you willing to pay the price? So as I was thinking about the anointing, and I feel like we're coming to the end of the series, I feel like, because uh, I get all practical, I like to have a practical, um, you know, solution in all matters almost. And I'm thinking, when I thought the anointing, I thought the armor of God. That is in Ephesians 6.13. Therefore put on the full armor of God, so that when the day of evil comes, you may be able to stand your ground. And after you have done everything, here we go again, to stand. Stand firm then with the belt of truth buckled around your waist, with the breastplate of righteousness in place, and with your feet fitted with the readiness that comes from the gospel of peace. Now here it is, 16. In addition to all that, take up the shield of faith which you can extinguish all the fiery arrows of the evil one. So once you've got all your armor on, your breastplate of righteousness, girding your loins with truth, shoes of the gospel, it's asking you to get your shield up quick. Incoming, incoming, fiery darts. It's amazing when people get saved that we do actually have a honeymoon period, and I think that's God's grace where you just seemingly go, this is awesome. Man, I should have been a Christian ages ago. But then after about three months, the honeymoon period is over, and then stuff is allowed, I believe, to maybe cheap shot you. That's a cheap shot. But sometimes it's about you becoming, or God teaching you, and God maturing you, and God training you up to allow some of that stuff to happen. Because, see, we don't grow up if we don't. If we let a kid just live in a plastic bubble without any stuff, any adverse effects or, or events happening to that child, the child will just live like not in a real world. So God lets stuff happen to us, but it's how you appropriate that and how you respond to it. 617 actually says, take the helmet of salvation that's your mind, and the sword of the Spirit, that's the Word of God, which is the Word of God, and pray in the Spirit on all occasions with all kinds of prayers. Thank you, Garth, for that message last weekend, and uh, I'd love everyone to hear it once we get it on podcast. I want everyone to hear it. That message was so profound. We need everyone praying. With this in mind, be alert. Be alert, guys. Be alert, and always keep on praying for all the saints. It reminded me of this song. It's an old song, an old Christian song. It's called The Shield of Faith. And uh, it says something like this. I, I haven't got all the lyrics, but it says, Sometimes I'm battle-weary. I forget to use my shield. The arrows pierce my armor. I stumble. I stumble in the field. A shield won't do much good if it's hanging by your side. 
Keep the shield of faith before you if you want to stay alive. Guys, I'd hate to tell you this, but if you're born again, welcome to the battlefield. Welcome to the conflict. You have a choice to believe that or not. You have a choice to take stock of the situation and say, you know what, I'm not going to let the enemy trample over me. I'm going to appropriate some of the truths that the Bible talks about, the principles, the concepts, and, and just the whole mindset of understanding that it's just not the weather that's affecting you, that there's principalities and powers and there's interferences and influences out in our society that are pervasive and can cause you grief and harm. Amen? It's an amazing thing. And it's all about this. It's about you, my friend, claiming the promises of God. Isn't it amazing when you say, I'm going to claim the promises of God? I'm going to do what Pastor Phil says. I'm going to read my Bible. I'm going to claim that promise. Peter says, 2 Peter 1, 4 says, Through these he has given us his very great and precious promises, so that through them you may participate in the divine nature and escape the corruption of the world caused by evil desires, so that you can be anointed and stand in a wicked world and walk out your days in glory. God has given us these magnificent promises. He's given us promises of salvation, healing, and prosperity, and blessings. It's amazing when you start to, when you open up your Bible, and you say, I'm going to believe that. Watch what happens. But you know what? The devil, Katrina, he overstates, he overstates his mark. What does it say? He overplays his, and you go, no, this, this ain't right. No, no, my car blew up, now my washing machine and, and, and now you're telling me my computer needs three, four hundred dollars. Now, this is an attack on my finances. Because who knows, God's people's finances should be protected. Again, there's normal wear and tear in life. Stuff will happen. But when you get three or four things happening at a certain time, maybe Christmas, hello. When you want to be generous and you want to bless your kids and you bless your husband and wife and bang. That's why you've got to get your finances under the blood of Christ. Get your finances under the blood. Give your tithe and get that covenant relationship of God over your finances. And guess what? He will rebuke the devourer. All those nails on the road, all that stuff that's going to, you know, get caught in your bra, things that get caught in your, sorry, washing machine and destroy the seal and it costs you $600 and the guy pulls it out and goes, what's this? Oh, that's another, another bra uh, steel thing. Yeah. <laughs> Great. Wire. Thank you, Ollie. Wire. It's a wire. Good on you. He's learning. Someone's told him about the birds and bees. Satan comes with a storm of adversity to intimidate us and try us and make us turn back. Satan comes with a storm of adversity to intimidate us and try and make us turn back. I've seen this time and time again. It's amazing when the Christian begins his journey to walk out these glorious days and to appropriate the more of God and the promises of God. What happens? Spiritual attacks. Let's, let's say it to be true, guys. Let's say it to be true. I believe in a disciplined life. I believe that your health can be in check and you can be training and you can be... But as much as that too, you need to understand. You need to be vigilant, prayerful, living a holy life to resist the enemy's plans against your life. Amen? 
Ephesians 6.16 says, and we said it, take up the shield of faith. And I said, what does that mean, Lord? He said, that means when you pick up the shield of faith, which is Jesus, I need to explain that. You're actually saying, Lord, I'm lifting you up in my life above every idol in my life, above every sports star, above every pop star, above every person that I esteem wonderful and glorious. I lift you up above all that and I declare Christ over my life. And that is the shield of faith. I believe that's what it is. And the armor is putting on Christ. What is all that armor? Breastplate of righteousness, gird your loins with truth, helmet of salvation, sword of the Lord, shoes of the gospel. What is all that? That's putting on Christ. I'm putting on Christ. Instead of putting on the world, instead of putting on the world, instead of putting on being clothed by the world, lust of life, pride of life, I'm going to put some pride of life on. What does that look like? Oh man, that looks awesome. I'm not talking about your natural clothes. I'm talking about how you present yourself to the world. Or do you put the clothes of humility on, clothes of righteousness, you know, helmet of salvation, gird your loins with truth, and you walk around clothed in your right spirit, right mind. Amen? Give the Lord a hand. This is good preaching, guys. (laughs) We're getting somewhere. Analogous. Ah, did I say that right? Thank you, Jesus. It's a new word. I've been wanting to say that word for years. This shield that the Romans used to use, I'm talking about the Apostle Paul, who's downloading from heaven this, and who wrote most of the Bible, the New Testament, and he's thinking, yeah, I know this to be true. There's a spiritual battle. Being a Christian, you know, it's a fallen world. Powers of darkness against the believer. And he sees the Roman soldiers shield. The shield. I think someone had a, maybe a prop. Ah. Thank you. To, <laughs> the, this is a, oh. This could be part of it too. Okay, thank you so much. I'm going to actually use this part because this shield that the Romans would use was about five foot high, three foot wide, rectangular, and it was like the Romans' secret weapon, man. It was a wooden framed, it was a wooden framed unit shield, and it had several layers of skin, uh, bull or carved skin on it. And it was about four, five inches thick. And they would nail the skin to the wooden frame, and then they would soak this shield in the water to extinguish and to repel the darts and extinguish the fiery darts. So the, 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 the incoming, extinguished. But then, as... Doug, come up here, good buddy. Just stand with me right shoulder to shoulder. As each one of, each one of these soldiers held up their sword, their shield... So hold it up, good buddy. Just pretend you got one. Now you hold your own up. I've got mine, man. I'm not letting go of this, man. You hold it. But shoulder to shoulder, 
that becomes an impenetrable fortress. And in fact, it's like an armored tank. If we move forward, we're going forward and we're moving forward. That's what church is about. God bless you, mate. Okay, so how does that analogous, how is that analogous to our spiritual warfare? Paul says, take up, the last thing he says, but, shoes of the, shoes of the gospel, breastplate of righteousness, gird your loins with truth, but, take up the shield, hold it up, see it takes faith to do this, hold it up, and you're going to be able to repel the enemy's plans. This isn't a... Pro- Man, I was looking at this, and there's some prophetic stuff in this. Wooden frame, seven layers of skin. Seven is the number of perfection, is it? Skin, uh, help me... Bulls and... I've got to get this right. Not calves. And by the way, this, this shield, its name is, and I know Katrina will write this down, so I'll, I'll spell it out for you, Thuros, T-H-U-R-E-O-S, means door-shaped shield. The skin of a bull or calf was stretched out over a wooden frame. In the Old Testament, the animal required for a sin offering was a bull or calf. The skin of the bull or calf is a symbol of a sacrifice for sin. A single layer of leather was not sufficient for the Roman shield to be effective. The shield maker built up several layers of animal skin to provide the necessary protection. Seven is the number of perfection. This provides a picture of perfect sacrifice. The perfect sacrifice was stretched out and nailed to a wooden framework, its purpose was to take upon itself all the arrows intended for the soldier. This shield, in fact, is Jesus. Lifting up the shield of the Lord over your life, in fact, is your salvation. And if you don't, if you just have it hanging down here, What's that drag meant? Oh, I don't know. It's something I've got to carry around. I'm a Christian, I guess. <laughs> Go to Caesar Target. They're telling me to carry this shield around everywhere. I don't know. Yeah, but what's it doing? I don't know. I just carry it around in case Pastor Phil sees me. <laughs> <laughs> no, you've got to pick it up, shoulder to shoulder, be the church, extinguish the fiery darts of the enemy. And man, we're all blessed for it. Yeah. But if Paul Garth's there, he's holding us. God help me. Yeah. Yeah. Darts are flying. He's trying to protect David. Oh, look. Ollie's going to get it now. He's running the SG youth group. I've got to, uh, you know, and Pastor Phil and now Julie and Phil have been doing this for years too. Oh, no. Katrina's going to get it. But if we all together, all together hold this sword up, shield up. God wants to know that he has given us a shield and his name is Jesus. Jesus came to be our shield. He came to take upon himself every arrow that Satan intended for us. 
So Jesus is interposed between, that's another great word, thank you Jesus. <laughs> Jesus is interposed between the devil and us. And he takes on all the crap. Say crap. <laughs> Isaiah 53 verse 6 says, sorry. Jesus took our guilt. What's he take? He takes our guilt. God caused the guilt of all of us to fall on his son, Jesus. We know that. Isaiah 53 verse 6. Check that out. He took our infirmities. He bore our sicknesses, our weaknesses upon him. And we're healed. Check that out. Isaiah 53, verse 4 to 5. He took our poverty. Through, though he was rich, yet for your sakes he became poor, so that you can become blessed, prospering, and blessed. 2 Corinthians 8, 9. Jesus took that poverty. You don't have to drive a Datsun 180B around. A Datsun 180B life of Christianity around. He paid a price that you could live a life that is shining glorious, radiant in Him. He took our curse. He became a curse for us. So the blessing of Abraham would come upon us, the born-again believers. Galatians 3, 13 to 14. Jesus took the curse. As you hold this up, you've got to hold this up. Without faith, it ain't going to happen. If you don't hold Jesus up, in your life constantly, you're going to get cheap-shotted. Man, oh, how did that happen? Oh, wow, come on, give me a break. I just want to chill out. No, you're in a battle. You're in a corrupt world. You're in a fallen world. There's fiery darts flinging around everywhere at the moment. You've got to hold up the shield of faith, which is Jesus, your salvation. The perfect sacrifice of Jesus. Love this stuff. How many people did Jesus die for in the world? Frank's saying everyone. How many people did Jesus purchase salvation for in the world? Everyone. How many Christians can have that protection? All of them. If you choose. We have people there that don't choose protection. They don't want protection. They're pretty muscly, might be a little bit rich, might be a bit smart. I don't need your protection, God. Man, I'm enjoying this body you gave me, actually. Made in your image, I said, yeah, but I'm going to do with it as I please. And I'm good enough to take on this world and make a way through it. I'm telling you, I've seen the best of them come unstuck doing that. I'm nearly done. So I, talked, I thought about the shield about activating the shield, and we know this stuff. I know that you know this stuff. And then I found this scripture. Thank you, Holy Spirit. And in Isaiah 21, verse 5, it says, and it's Isaiah speaking to the army, and, and there's an impending battle. And he says to them, now this is where the shield is actually not dipped in water, but it's rubbed in oil. It's a leather shield, remember, four or five inches thick. But it needs to be anointed. And I had to find the right version. I hope they got it. I'm not sure if it's the NIV or King James. Sorry, guys. But it says, prepare the table 
set a watchman in the tower. Eat and drink, arise, you princes, anoint the shield. And I believe that's what God's saying to us. Anoint our shields so that we can take these shields up. Lord, anoint my shield so that I can believe in you all over again and trust you that you're high and lifted up over my life, that you are my shield. Faith is our shield above anything and everything. Faith, and I want to get, make that point right now. Say faith. Faith. Without faith, you can't activate your shield. You're just going to drag it around or you're just going to misplace it. Where's my shield? 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 <laughs> Man, you want to take your shield. <laughs> 1 Peter 5, 9, I'm nearly done. Resist him standing firm in the faith because you know that your brothers throughout the world are undergoing the same kind of sufferings. 1 John 5, 4, for everyone born of God overcomes the world. This is the victory that has overcome the world, even our faith. 1 John 5.18 says, We know that anyone born of God does not continue to sin. The one who was born of God keeps him safe, and the evil one cannot harm him. I believe when we get single-minded, worship God, lift up our shield, lift up our, 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 our Lord Jesus, who becomes our shield, I believe the game plan changes. I believe even when you're even going through rehabilitation or you're going through healing you still constantly need to lift up that shield the enemy is terrible if he sees you down for the count he will just keep sometimes firing darts into you man and I've seen people that have been to war that have been totally um, wrecked their bodies have been wrecked but you know what they've still got hope and they're still saying, I'm going to get through this. I saw one guy whose all his limbs had been burnt off. And he, but he still had a glean in his eye. He still had grit in his spirit. And he said, you know what? I'm going to get over this. I'm, I'm going to do this. So what's that? We could call it faith. Faith. Hold that shield up over your life. Some are wondering what this shield is. I need to explain that. Genesis 15.1. After this, the word of the Lord came to Abraham. So I believe when you're single-minded, yielded to God, true worshippers of God, hold that shield up. Genesis 15, 1. Jesus becomes your shield. After this, the word of the Lord came to Abraham in a vision. Do not be afraid, Abraham. I am your shield. There it is. God saying, I am your shield, Abraham. Your very great reward. Deuteronomy 33, 29. Blessed are you, O Israel, who is like you, a people saved by the Lord. He is your shield. Does it say that? And helper and your glorious sword your enemies will cow before you and you will be and you and you will trample down the high places their high places 2 Samuel 22 3 says my God is my rock in whom I take refuge my shield and the horn of my salvation he is my stronghold my refuge my savior from violent men you save me 2 Samuel 22 36 you give me your shield of victory you stoop down to to make me great. Psalm 5, verse 12. For surely, O Lord, you bless the righteous. You surround them with your favor as with a shield. God is declaring to us, He is our shield. We need to lift Him up over our life, over our wife, over our husband, over our children, over our church, over our youth group. 
It's only by faith. Faith is the critical factor in this. Rick Joyner says, If a soldier is marching towards you with his shield held rightly, it will almost certainly be the most prominent thing you see about him. If it is clean and shined up, it will be even more so. Could that be said of us? When others look at you, is your faith that prominent? Our shield of faith is also what extinguishes any arrows that the enemy flings at us. If we are constantly getting hurt and wounded, it is almost certainly because we are not carrying our faith right. Faith is basically seeing Jesus and knowing where he sits above all rule, authority, and power. If we know this, then it is impossible for the enemy to get a shot in while the Lord is not looking. Therefore, all of the trials that come our way are for a purpose, our maturity. We should therefore embrace the trials as opportunities. In this way, each trial the enemy flings at us will actually cause our faith to grow so that it becomes even more difficult for him to wound us. And I love this. Our faith must be always visible, constant, shining and bright. Remember, we're shining for Jesus. When people see you, do they see your faith for God? Do they see your faith in your family? Do they see your faith for your church? Do they see your faith for your finances, for your healing? Is your shield of faith, is your shield prominent being displayed to a world that is unprotected and compromised? Can they see your faith? Are you shining? Is your faith prominent? Is it seen? Or is it cowering? Or is it second guessing? Is it diminished? Is it sad? Is it oppressed? That's not a good day, friend. God can give us this strength through Christ Jesus. He is our shield. He is our truth. He is our salvation. And I believe we should be holding our shield up constantly in a fallen world. Amen? Constantly. We hope you enjoyed listening to this message. For more information on what you've just heard or how to visit us, go to c3talgra.org.au. We hope to see you at church soon. Let's face.